Just like that, the second hour is here. An hour in, Friday edition, Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. You can join us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. A million of you have. We appreciate that. And we hope you'll give us a thumbs up for the live broadcast. Join us in the chat as well. Might I say that our crew in our 6th and Peabody downtown Nashville studios has done a magnificent job. Legit. All week. They have been on it. Just this week? They've been emanating a great vibe all week. Just this week? Not just this week. But note that I don't say that every week. (laughs) So they can take that for what they want. They always do a good job, but it's more about the vibe they present, right? Chad means that tongue in cheek. This week has been a very good vibe. I'm getting very positive energy from everyone that's doing it. Not always the case. Love the Nashville crew. Not always the case. I, I would say if it was always the case. Not always the case, but they always do a good job. But especially this week. I'm also bummed out that Colin, our audio engineer, we got Ryan Albanese in for him. The one day that I came in with a scorching hot soccer take about U.S. soccer, I was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to come in. I'm going to see Colin. He's going to tell me where I'm wrong or where I'm right. And then he's going to be able to lay it out for me. And I walk in, and it's Ryan Albanese here who probably doesn't really care about soccer. Chad, this is the beauty of being live Right, We're, we can kind of set the the rundown of the show and dictate the the topics. Um, we we were so fired up over the John Morant suspension, we overlooked your massive take on U.S. soccer last night. They're playing Mexico. U.S. won three 0 yep. By the way, good job. Eighty uh, ninth minute. Go America. Eighty ninth minute. This game's being played in Vegas. They, uh, uh, a ref suspends the game. They end the game based on anti-gay slurs that are being chanted by the, the fans in attendance. Three nils the score. That's the final. And beyond that, even prior to that, an announcement about who will remain the head coach has Chad irked. So, by the way, because so many people boycotted Bud Light, Modelo out of Mexico is now the number one beer in America. So while Mexico may cheers have to Mexico. Mexico may have the beer in America, uh, we With this own water, you. I cheers you. We own you in soccer. So who who thought we would go there? But now we own you Which in soccer. Which leads to the chance apparently after that three nil uh, win last night. So Modelo number one in beer in America, but U.S. soccer number one in Mexico. Hey. in soccer. And I don't automatically think because the game was played in the states that it was uh, uh, United States fans that were chanting this. Like, I, we have seen it here firsthand in Nashville for a friendly. Yeah. When the Mexican uh, soccer team comes in, like, the fans that are in it, they flock. They follow. It is like taking uh, the Raiders or the Cowboys on the road. It's, very, it's, it's actually pretty cool to witness. It, it is. The atmosphere. So, I don't automatically blame one side, the other, based on the country they're playing in. Uh, but they suspended the game in the 89th minute before any stoppage time was added in after 90. So, look, nice win for the U.S. last night. Not the huge story, though. The huge story is that Greg Berhalter, after about a six-month layoff, mm-hmm. is now back as the full-time coach of the U.S. soccer, the U.S. men's national team. And my big takeaway from that, is, there, there's a, there are a number of them to get to. One, if a 30-year-old claimed that he kicked his now wife – and they've been happily married for this long, wasn't a big deal, then don't remove him from the team for this time. Just stick by him at that point and don't go through all of this. For those that aren't fully up to date on everything, there was an issue in Cutter at the World Cup with Gio Reyna 
one of the young stars of the U.S. men's national team. Uh, he was loafing. He was mad. He wasn't going to have enough playing time. And there was a lot of back and forth between him and Greg Burhalter, which basically led to Burhalter at an event where he thought it was off the record, speaking poorly about Reyna. Yep. Well, Burhalter and Reyna's father, Claudio Reyna, go way back. Claudio Reyna gets upset. He then starts to leak information about this 30-year-old kicking incident with Greg Burhalter and his wife, and then all this stuff starts. Greg Burhalter has the best win percentage of any U.S. men's national team coach in history. So the results have been pretty good. They reached the knockout stage in Qatar. They lost to Netherlands in the round of 16 in the knockout stage. But U.S. soccer is at a point right now where they can expect more. They were the youngest team in the World Cup. Their core is very young. They will be aging into their prime in 2026. What happens in 2026? The World Cup is played right here in the United States of America. This is a great opportunity for Americans to excel on the world stage at a level we have not seen in our lifetimes in soccer. And what U.S. soccer decided to do was go back to their old coach in doing this. Now, the results have been good. This might work. But when you look at what U.S. soccer has been and what they could become with this young core, this was an opportunity to go abroad and bring on a foreign-born coach, bring on someone else, bring on a new American coach, and see if you can spark something to get more out of this U.S. men's national team than what you've had. Because this is setting up to be quarterfinals at least or bust in 2026 with the World Cup in the United States. This is a team with the capability of getting to the round of eight or even the semis of the next World Cup. And what U.S. soccer decided to do was go back to their old coach. It may end up being the right decision. Yep. But I look back on all of this Could. and him being removed and think, if he was always the best option, then stand by your guy and don't remove him because there's some controversy over a 30-year-old kicking accusation that's brought up by a disgruntled father of a player who was a problem for you at well, the latest World Cup. Did they remove him or did they just simply say, let's look into this? Yeah, it was stand more of aside. an internal investigation stand aside. But if you didn't but know still, about you, it, you it, still have to look into it publicly. He could still be the coach, it. though, while that's going on. Yeah, but what, what's the coach, though? I mean, it just feels like... What's the coach? You, yeah, if you're going to remove It's no them, harm, no foul. They had some guy coaching... The, based on the timetable. Whatever this uh, this tournament is going on right now, they had some other guy coaching it would the be like three three nil win. The, the difference to me, Chad, and, and I, I understand what you're saying. Like, if you're behind him, stay behind him. I don't know if they were, and they concluded they are. But it would be the, the same for me if the NBA said, you know what, we're not going to announce John Morant's suspension until the preseason begins. Because... By doing so, it allows us to look into everything that's gone on. They could have played it that way. Uh, instead, they announced it now because I think it adds more time for him to prove that he's worthy of being back. Yeah, It's more than a 25-game suspension for John ja Morant. Meanwhile, here, I actually think they looked into it and they came to the conclusion that he's still the coach. I don't, I don't think that I don't, I'll, the six-month layoff is a big deal considering nothing was at stake. Yeah, I, I just... Look, it's... It's an interesting decision only because we know a lot about what Burhalter brings to the table, and we saw it in the latest World Cup. And it wasn't bad. 
You know, it was a more entertaining brand, and it is a but, very young core that's going to And a lot age. of people are not happy about it either. But so many people are looking at it like, okay, you had a chance here. Yeah. You know, if you're going to remove him and investigate it and do all that, and if you cared all about it, here was a chance to go big and do something different, and instead you went back to the status quo. So is U.S. soccer just into the status quo, or is the belief that this isn't the status quo? What we saw in Qatar at the latest World Cup and what could be in 2026 is going to be much better because of this guy and his leadership of this young core. And if that's the case, that's what I'm hoping they're banking on that. We've seen better results and not with just him going than previous. Back, yeah, not just going back to what they know, right? If that's the thinking, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. I understand, though, not upsetting the apple cart. If you like the, the direction that the program is going, that the, your, your, your club, your team is going, I'm okay with it. And I, again, the timetable worked out in their favor here. Imagine this would have been a year from now when you actually have investments made on what's going to happen in 2026, when you're gearing towards what's going to happen here in the States. they got a lot of time between now and then. So I, the six months now, to me, is not that long of a timetable considering what we're looking towards, and that's 2026, not the upcoming or the past World Cup when all of this came to light. Also, how difficult is it to keep things that secret for that long of time? That's mind-boggling to me, considering the status of some people versus when news breaks and what we look into. You know, Conor McGregor, for instance, uh, we're, we're discussing him and what happened at the arena last or two weeks ago now, a week and a half ago, uh, for the NBA Finals. And there's video of this. Of course there is. TMZ, of, uh, by the way, TMZ, of course, has the video. They always do. And the video shows that, I mean, whatever Connor's team is saying is more likely than whatever is being said on the opposite side. So it's just wait and see. And I'm glad in this case you take your time. If six months, eight months, it, to me, it doesn't matter. Right? I got it, it, three, three nil. It, like, yeah, it's not it's, the top story they're bringing. I, it, I don't know if the... Now's the time to actually do the deep dive. And if you really love the guy running uh, Team USA, then keep him if everything points to that. And honestly, if, if all of that is just exactly how it went based on his account, he should keep his job anyway. He shouldn't be let go based on results. I mean, also, just bring, if you can't do it beforehand anyway. But what is the deep dive? Like, first off, 1992, when this incident happened, there weren't cell phone cameras and right. videos everywhere and all that. So that's why we don't know about it. They didn't tweet about it. Well, you have they didn't to, post on Instagram about you, it in 1992, uh, so we didn't you, know about but it. But if you don't know about it, you have to do your due diligence, regardless yeah, of where you do, stand on what I, side you stand on. I'm a firm believer the due diligence could have been, hey, Greg, bring you and uh, Mrs. Burhalter in. Let's talk about this. That happened 30 years ago and explain it but to us so we understand. But now's the time to do it, though. Yeah, but that takes 20 minutes. If they're both fine and they're still married and everything's okay, like, I don't understand but the six-month layoff where it's, we're treating this seriously, but now he's months, back. 20, 20 minutes or six months, I don't know if it actually plays a factor in the fact they wanted him to be the coach. Right? That's clear. Yeah, and we'll see if it works now. Yeah. I, I, I am surprised that the no, it's not vitriol it's just kind of a, a shock that they didn't use this to get rid of him you know it's the I SEC think, coach mentality uh, we're two and a half years in time to go we haven't seen results yet yeah but, but I've seen better results right 
for, based on the ridicule you and I were giving when they were losing to Jamaica. Yeah, and what we've seen worse. I mean, he's been like, he's been better than most. It's just, again, we'll see if it's status quo or not. I, I want to see more out of U.S. soccer. I think they're capable of more. I think international soccer fans just treat U.S. men's national team soccer yeah. as very second rate, and I, I think that's fair. They could be more. DeAndre Hopkins is well. He's visiting teams, and those have concluded of the teams that have brought him in for, for uh, a, a chance to, to chat with the veteran who could help them win a division, potentially. Met with the Titans last weekend here in Nashville. Then briefly, I, we don't know many details on this brief chat with Green Bay. And then to New England, where he spent about the same amount of time with the Patriots, but left with no contract that was signed. So now he's looking over. He's mulling different options based on reports. Well, Chad, the, the, the first report from last weekend was he left Nashville without the Titans offering him any type of contractual value. And then word got out that, oh, there, there actually is money that's on the table for DeAndre Hopkins, but he left town. Normally, if you leave town, you're not coming back. He left town on a Southwest flight, per reports, per Pat McAfee uh, and the tweet. Uh, so Hopkins looking for a contract that's similar to Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell got one year, at least one year, $15 million in the first year. The other three are voidable years on the contract. It's a one-year $15 million contract. The quote from the McAfee show, I know Tennessee did a tremendous job when he was there, but they flew him out on Southwest. Uh, my response to that is, what did they fly him in on? And if you want to leave, hey, man, here's your commercial airline ticket versus the offer that's on the table. Have at it. Yeah, I'm with you on this. It's not the team's responsibility to put you on a PJ to go to New England to your next visit. Thank you. I mean, come on. If you're, if you're flying out on Southwest... That means the team that he's going to didn't fly him in on a charter. Yeah, he did go straight to New England, right? No, he stopped in Green Bay. So? Stopped in, uh, according to reports, it was a brief meeting with the Packers before going to New England. Again, um, he's not going to get the money that he thinks he's going to get. That's clear based on the teams involved. And I know that based on the salary cap space of the teams involved. <laughs> so if you're just thinking about the big type money, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to decide, does he want the cash or does he want to win? And at what level does he want to win? I do know that the Titans threw out a lot of uh, a, a sales pitch, much like it would be on a college recruiting trip. That's what it looked like and felt like based on what I was told and what I saw from the limo with the video to the CMA Fest where they had welcome to town DeAndre Hopkins and him wearing a Titans jersey. They didn't treat him like a commercial flight when he was in town. But if you're leaving without taking whatever offers on the table per reports, yeah, take the Southwest flight. Head over to the D gate and take the Southwest flight to wherever you're going in Appleton, Wisconsin or Providence, Rhode Island, which is closer to Foxborough than Boston. How about it? Or have them charter you in. Because here's the millions we're giving you based on what we're able to give you. So I, 
I don't take it as a slight that he's on the Southwest flight out no, of here. I, I because he either. wasn't and, on the way in. And I also don't take it as a big slight that he left any one place without signing a contract because if he's doing what he should do, he should visit the places that are interested in offering him a contract, right. visit with coaches, visit the town, do whatever he needs to do, then come up with a decision based on the actual hard money being offered from those places, which will not equal what he thinks he is worth right now. So once he gets a sense of the actual market – he can then make a decision based on the offers available, which, again, I'm, I'm arguing will not be that $10-plus million figure that he's looking for. Uh, speaking of the Patriots, though, reports are through Fox Sports and Craig Carton on the, on, on the Carton Show that Aaron Rodgers turned down a trade opportunity that would have sent him to New England. Here's Craig Carton. That Aaron Rodgers almost wasn't a Jet. What? The New England Patriots made an offer to the Green Bay Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers heard it, his agent said, no. Never. We ain't playing for New England. Wow. We want to be a Jet, JJ. Uh, uh, Talk about it. Ooh, I mean, I like it. I mean, I don't want to go to New England either. You know, <laughs> so I kind of agree with Aaron, you know what I mean? New York a little bit better than New England. So, you know, I agree. You know, and then you don't want to be the, the type of caliber of player that Aaron Rodgers is. You know, it was a guy there before him that did a lot of good yes. stuff. So you, you don't, don't want to follow those footsteps. You don't want to follow those footsteps. What's a lot of reasons? Yeah. You want to follow those footsteps. Yeah. Uh, the word is that it ain't fun playing in New England for yeah, Bill Belichick, exactly. although you do win. Yeah. Uh, and number three, the New York Jets just have better talent right now in the moment than New England does, but those snakes in the grass <laughs> in New England can never be trusted. And I want to thank my main man right here, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, for recognizing you don't go play for Satan. You don't go, you play, don't for go play for Satan. Uh, but could you imagine Satan? if Aaron Rodgers actually chose man. to go to the New England Patriots, yeah. what would be talking about right now man well there's carton who's uh talking satan with belichick uh who would be praising belichick if he were the head coach of the jets whenever he took them of briefly. course let, let me say aaron Rodgers, if all of this is accurate made the right decision because the patriots versus the jets roster i'm taking the jets roster right now um also i mean Aaron Rodgers is coming out of a darkness retreat chat where he saw green light. He didn't see the anything in New England. He saw gang green. He didn't see a hoodie. He didn't see Bill I mean, Belichick's hoodie in his vision. Buying all this voodoo and hallucinating. He's got to go to New York. That's the only vision he had. Miraculously, after 90% being in retirement, after 90% being in retirement, he came out of the darkness retreat and said, you know what? I'm a jet. He saw the swamps <laughs> of Jersey. And he's amazing saw how that happened. Jets green. And he said, this is where I need to be. Not with New England. How's Mac Jones feeling right about now? If he hears that report. Mac Jones is feeling great because he has Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator. Which should help him. That, that's the key. He was screwed over last year, even though he was the guy. Because he was brought in and then all of a sudden a year later, he was told he, his coordinators were guys who haven't called plays before. Two of them. And they wouldn't even announce who it was. Who's in your headset today? Don't know. <laughs> it's either a special teams a guy or analyst. a defensive coordinator. We have a new analyst. No that's idea. Be calling plays today. No idea. Uh, I wouldn't go there just based on that if I'm Rodgers. No, I, I, I'm with you. It, it, it has nothing to do with following Brady because he. By the way, Rodgers is following Favre. The comparison is to Favre, not to anything that's happened in between Favre and Rodgers. 
So he's either following in, in, in Favre's entire lineage of the NFL career, or he's following Brady based on this report. So I don't buy that. The roster's better. And this year, the roster's better with the New York Jets, with Rodgers yeah, a part of it. Also, Mac Jones, I'm not a believer, but he's got a chance to prove it this year now that he has an actual OC. Should. So this is the prove-it year for well, Mac Jones. Especially if you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, yep. who left without a contract. No word if he left on the Southwest flight, though. Don't know that. Jim Williams. Uh, Maybe it was United. Uh, back to, about to join us. By the way, Jets may end up being on hard knocks. Hard knocks can't find uh, a team that will accept them. Reports are Detroit. The, the Lions said no. There are four teams, though. All these headlines about uh, hard knocks won't find a team. Yes, they will. They can decide. No, yes, they will. There are four teams who must do hard knocks if they're told to. They will bend the knee to the NFL and say, yes, I'll accept hard knocks for training camp. Those teams are the Bears, the Saints, the Commanders. I mentioned them first because the last team that it's mandatory if hard knocks wants them, the New York Jets. How do you not do the New York Jets hard knocks? To me, it's Jets or Commanders based on ownership change. But it's got to be the Jets. I'm with you. Jets are number one. It's a, you go far down the list, it gets number two. Jets are number one. Jim Williams, number one for us whenever it comes to what's real and what's not in the negotiations for the Pac-12 and the grant of rights for the television agreement. Colorado to the Big 12 based on what I, whatever happens to the Pac-12. And then the SEC and the Big 10 battling over markets that I'm not sure matter. But I'm not that smart. Jim Williams is. He joins us next on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Friday edition. Hot Mike with Hudden Withrow across the Outkick Network, which includes this great radio partner that you're listening to and on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe to the channel. Search out Outkick on YouTube. We hope you hit that thumbs up, like button, and join us in the chat. Chad, how is the chat today? It's great. I mean, we're, I'm getting so much information out of the chat. I learned that the home that Michael Jackson died in oh my God. overlooks uh, L.A. Country Club in Beverly Hills. That's what I've learned in the chat today, what among learned, many other things. What I have learned is if you live in L.A., if you live I, in Hollywood. I, I said Neverland Ranch. <laughs> no, the one he died in. Okay, oh. sorry. Well, I, I, what I've learned is if your home doesn't overlook Los Angeles Country Club, you're not cool. You're nothing. Th- at least this weekend for the U.S. Open. You're nothing. Jim Williams is something. He is definitely something. He's the guru, the consultant for all things media and uh, the insider for all things negotiations when it comes to the grant of rights agreements and and conferences negotiating with the the top networks across the country. Jim Williams joins us now. Jim, good to see you. Hope things are well. Let's start with it the U- let's start with the U.S. Open and prime time on on NBC. What what does this mean? for the, the PGA Live U.S. Open fandom and the fact that we have some major names atop the leaderboard going into the weekend? Uh, I think your your last point is probably the most important. And it's always good to have people that, you know, folks know, like Ricky Fowler and those kind of guys at the top of the leaderboard because it makes it interesting. And in primetime, uh, you know, we don't often get to see golf in prime time. You know, most of the time, you know, it's in the afternoon and, you know, maybe you catch it on your way home and you get home a little early, or maybe if you're really a golf fan, you, you watch a you know, replay of it on the golf channel, but, uh, you know, get to, getting to see it live and, uh, in the middle of LA, which is pretty cool from that standpoint, and you're right. That country club, by the way, 
uh, Lionel Richie, which yes. uh, is fun, which is pretty cool. Um, it's there's an old saying uh, in Los Angeles uh, from you know, my many times out there, and that is if you're rich, you live in Bel Air. If you're very rich, you live in Beverly Hills, and if you're lucky, you live in Pacific Palisades. So, <laughs> basically, um, you know, none of those places out there are are tough to uh, to get to. And, and this was actually surprisingly, it's a very close. Um, the course is very close to Riviera, which of course you know we've seen many times on on uh, on television. But it's, it's since 1948. I thought that was to me the most interesting thing is that the uh, U.S. Open hasn't been played in the L.A. area since uh, 1948. So uh, you know, primetime golf is fun and it's good for NBC and Peacock and and Danny Hicks and the gang. And um, you know, they're, they're doing a good job. So hopefully, um, if you're a golf fan, uh, you'll get a chance to watch the U.S. Open and. I assure you, they're not going to spend a lot of time talking about what's going on with Liv or, or what the future is like. Uh, I think they're going to spend a lot of time on uh, what's going on right in front of them. Jim, uh, what's going on right in front of us in, in terms of college football and the landscape and, and college sports? Let, let, I should say sports and not just football, but it feels like it's football initiated. It, sure. it, is the Power Five and the Pac-12 and the, the grant of rights, are they going to find a television partner? Are they going to find a, a streaming partner? And for what price? It, it, you understand where we're coming from. In, in every conversation, Chad and I, and, and I think many sports fans, are intrigued by where we will be five to ten years from now. Are we going to have a Power Five? Is it a Power Two? Is it a Power Three? I, I think a lot, a lot could be dictated based on the money that will be handed out to the teams in the Pac-12 on a grant of rights and whether or not it's worth staying or leaving to join a different conference. Correct. I, I agree 100%. It's, um, you know, if they can get within, um, I'm, I'm going to say within anywhere from 5 million to eight, even maybe 8 million uh, of, of 31 million, which is what... Um, you know, the, the big 12 is getting, um, I think most of, I think we'll stay in intact, uh, at, uh, you know, at, uh, at 10 teams. You know, we got that little thing today where, uh, you know, Pete Memel <laughs> propped the bomb that shows that, you know, San Diego state's uh, in trouble with the mountain West because they said, well, we, we sent you a letter uh, saying that we're interested in leaving, but we didn't say we're leaving. Um, and um, Mountain West said, well, as far as we're concerned, you left. So um, there's a there's that that has to be dealt with. And so if they're going to get to into the, the Pac-12, that's going to be have to be resolved uh, by the end of the month. So, you know, there's never nothing is coming easy on this deal. It seems like, um, you know, every time you look up something nuts is going on. I um, honestly, guys, you know, I, I do think it's a matter right now of the amount of, uh, I don't think it's a money issue. I think it's probably streaming versus linear. And, you know, um, they'll have to work it out. But uh, I, I don't think they can drag this out much longer because the last thing you want, because in, Jan in July, you've got football, um, you know, the uh, uh, they're going to have the media days. And, uh, you know, the last thing you want is uh, that hanging over your head as you uh, go in to uh, bring all the press in to talk to, all the coaches and players for uh, for what actually could be. I mean, if you look at it with the quarterbacks they have in the, in the Pac-12, this this actually could be a heck of a year for the Pac-12 with the you know 
bringing in the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and uh, and probably three or four quarterbacks who could be in the uh, conversation with the Heisman uh, you know, this year. So, Jim, what I hear is there there is a number that keeps the Pac-12 the Pac-12. Of course, we know USC and UCLA, they're leaving for, sure they for the Big Ten. What, so you say five to eight million either way. What what number keeps this a power five long term instead of short term? Is there a number where Colorado's not going to the Big 12, Oregon and Washington are happy uh, per per year annually? Is there a number where everyone feels like they can be OK staying where they are? Well, I think the deal's going to have to be around. It's going to have to be six years, five to six years. You're not. No media partner is going to sign a deal that's going to be less because that's just going to, um, you know, you're never make your money back. Yeah. So um, I'm saying, I'm saying 25. I think 25 would do it. Um, how, do you, how do you sell that as a win? You know, I mean, you, you know, you can't. It's a, it's a matter of we're staying together. You know, um, if you're the reason, the, the theory of the case on that would be you want this contract to take you to when the SEC, uh, the SEC deal is up and the Big Ten deal is up, okay? Then you can start to begin to see, just as you started the conversation off, with where are we going to be five, six, seven years down the line? By that time, we'll have a better idea of where streaming is and where you know ESPN is. I mean, theory is that, you know, it's not like I'm breaking news here, but 2025 is probably the year that ESPN goes total streaming. It'll be on cable as, you know, as well, but mm-hmm. there'll be ESPN plus will have everything. And so, um, you know, the amount of streaming versus the amount of linear uh, five years from now, you know, we'll have a much better idea uh, what that looks like. And uh, so if I'm some of the schools in the pack, um, you know, I'm going to sit back and say, okay, fine. I can, I'm not changing over, you know, for five or $6 million is not necessarily worth it if I can see what I'm going to get down the line. So um, we'll see though. I mean, you know, it, it could be, let's say Colorado or Arizona says, you know what, I, I like the stability concept of what the big 12 is asking. And, and so, you know, we'll jump over there and, and 31 is good for us. So you know, everybody's going to have to make their own mind up, but I do believe I mean, right now, guys, why? What is really holding any of these teams back? Um, right, they're not going to get any, you know, even if they get thirty-four, thirty-five, right? That's only four million dollars over what um, you know uh, what you would have from a stable uh, looking. At, I'm sorry, big uh, big twelve. So if you're going to go, I, I don't see what it, you know. I don't see what's holding anybody back. So my. my tendencies to think that they want to stay together jim we got a question coming in from uh, youtube david writes would you please ask jim what do you need first a media deal or a grant of rights agreement david says a verbal agreement to sign grant of rights means nothing if you don't have a media deal in place david is correct david gets a star uh david that's a good question the answer to the question, David, is that you can't sign grant rights. That's like you and the three of us signing a, a blank sheet of paper saying, we're going to go to dinner tonight at a Chinese restaurant. Okay. We haven't decided where. We haven't decided yeah. what we're eating. We haven't decided who's going to take care of the bill. We haven't decided how much it's going to cost. 
but we're going to a Chinese restaurant. Um, so Jim, we've all Jim you're taking that. care of the bill. You would be taking care <laughs> yeah, of the bill. That, that, that's, right. that's our part of the agreement. We will sign that <laughs> okay, in fine. writing right yeah. now. Yes. Fair enough, but, but we'd have to come to a number. <laughs> yep. That would be it. But uh, he's right. David is right. You you can't sign a grant of rights because a grant of rights, by definition, is you're signing over your uh, your marks, meaning your logos, all of your copyright issues, all of your uh, proprietary information being, uh, for instance, like uh, all statistical information that you would be uh, that you may not share with anybody else. So anything that could be considered copyright issues or intellectual property, that all of that has to go into grant of rights. Now, part of that grant of rights also includes tier one, tier two, and tier three sports. So in other words, it's not only football, it's how many basketball games, how many, uh, you know, everything from football to field hockey, what, what's going to get covered, where's it going to be shown, how's it going to be split up, all of that. So a grant of rights, even though it's relatively simple when you look at the theory of what it is, it becomes very complicated um, because it has to do with with the media as to what you're going to do with that. So you wouldn't be able to stand a grant of rights until you um, uh, until you had a media deal in front of you. And it takes eight out of the 10 uh, schools remaining to um, okay a media deal, which would then okay a grant of rights. So it's media deal first, grant of rights second, because a grant of rights is, as uh, David very aptly put, worth nothing. If you don't have something to sign, you know, with regard to a deal. If it's in fact North Carolina and Virginia, that's the cream of the crop right now for both Big Ten and SEC. If they mm-hmm. make an addition of two teams, why those two programs? I'm sorry, for the Big Ten we're talking about now? Big Ten or SEC. I, Pete Thamel reported that North Carolina, Virginia would be the two most coveted programs to be in addition for either of those conferences. Other than Notre Dame. Yeah, outside of Notre Dame being the top one. Okay, theory of the case on the SEC, it falls in their footprint. Okay, you guys are in SEC country, so you know how important SEC is. I mean, the SEC, I'm, you know, I would would think that the SEC, um, the SEC has never wanted to go too far Northwest, you know, that situation. Yeah. So uh, it's, I mean, they're good, solid programs, no question about it. Uh, they've got solid backing and, uh, you know, academically, uh, they fit the, the profile of the Big Ten. Um, you know, and the thing for the Big Ten, why would they want those two schools? Again, academically, they're good, but the other thing it does is it puts them right in the SEC's footprint. And that's kind of like a, um, you know, a real, um, you know, stick in the eye uh, of the SEC. I, I wouldn't disagree with Pete, but I would also say that um, the Big Ten has always taken a, a real look at Georgia Tech and, and Miami as well. So uh, now that Miami, you know, although they said it doesn't matter about the AAU deal, but, uh, you know, uh, Georgia Tech would be on that list, and in Miami. So I, I think Pete's Pete's probably right that that um, I'm not going to question him on that. If he thinks that's those are the two, then I, I well uh, trust him on it. Jim, yesterday I, I responded to the report with Chad, and I just said like I, I have reframed my whole concept of what matters and what doesn't because it, where we're headed with streaming 
yeah. and Thamel, Thamel's on top of it. Again, I'm not, I'm not as sure. smart as you or, or Pete Thamel to figure out why the SEC or the Big Ten would want Virginia and North Carolina over Florida State or Clemson. Uh, because if yeah. Florida State or Clemson is on, I don't care where I am in the United States, I'm probably watching that game as, lo- as long as my TV is, is, is channeled for that and my team's not playing. So does market, yeah. does market size, does state size, he, he cited that both states are the top 15 in population. Does that really matter for where we are headed in conference expansion? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to differentiate myself from Pete on this. I would take Florida State if I'm SEC. Okay. Me if too. I'm SEC, I'm going right after Florida State and Clemson and me too. The recipe. And if I'm the you Big know, Ten, like, I would sorry, think yeah. the same way. Well, if I'm the Big Ten, they're not a fit. Okay, but but I'm just I'm I'm, I'm uh, and my argument was brand, yeah. not market size. Brand. No, no, no. I understand, but it's got to be cultural fit as well. Okay. Right? And if I can, if I'm the SEC. I would let, I'll say, you know, here's, here's my deal, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the uh, Big Ten, you guys can have Carolina and Virginia. We'll take Clemson and FSU because you guys have been to, you know, SEC games. You've been to FSU and, and Clemson games. I mean, that, that vibe, that whole vibe is right there, right? You go to a North Carolina game and a Virginia, and I'm not throwing shade on these those guys, but that's just not, you know, that's not SEC. It's a cultural fit with Florida State and Clemson way more for the SEC. I'm with you. I'm also right in thinking football only, right? Because if we're thinking brands for Carolina, Carolina's got a brand. Like, But I'm only viewing this through the lens of football as I think about the future. Right, right. But but Florida State, you know, is is comparable, you know, in all sports, um, mm-hmm. it's very competitive with uh, with uh, the SEC teams, and uh, and so it's close. But uh, I, I, I'm on your side. I would definitely go Florida State and uh, and Clemson to the SEC before, uh, and I think that that would be a better fit. I think that um, you know th- my theory of the case on Miami um, and maybe North Carolina without you know leaving Virginia to the side from them. Is I got over I got over sixty thousand, um, you know, alumni in in Greater Dade County. Mm. Why in the world would I not want to put a you know a team in in Miami? One, you know, I'm going to go down there, and there'll probably be more Penn State fans uh, at Hard Rock Stadium watching, uh, you know, uh, Penn State take on Miami than there would be. Uh, you know, that that's a road trip that I would take. SEC is not into big cities. I mean, if they were in the big cities, then they, that would be a deal. I mean, um, they're you know Georgia. It's not Georgia Tech that they got in. Uh, you know, in the state they had Georgia. Uh, so I do think yeah, again, I, I, I'm going to go on your side with 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 Clemson and FSU. If I'm definitely if I'm the SEC, if I'm you know the Big Ten, I, I'm going to go Miami and North Carolina. Uh, if they want to throw Virginia in there, fine. But, um, right, right there with you. And it's not about, you know, big city, small. Uh, the, the SEC plays in big cities, even if they're not there and they know it. Uh, you can follow Jim on social at JW Media DC. Uh, you can follow him over the weekend where he will tweet things that people will overreact to and think is fact instead of opinion. And yeah. he'll have to clarify things all weekend. Jim, I, I love following that over the weekend. And, of course, we always oh, love sure. the conversation here. It's a pleasure, boys. Take yep, care thank of you, Jim. We will Appreciate do it again you. soon. Jim Williams.
uh, seven-time Emmy award-winning producer, director. Jim knows his stuff. No doubt. No doubt. Chad, when we come back, Davey Hudson with a weird story about a lawsuit over plus ones. John Morant has been suspended for 25 games for the upcoming NBA season, which starts in October. Our thoughts on that coming up in about 10 minutes. Welcome back. Hot Mike with Hutton with Row across the Outkick Network. Chad, we were talking with Charlie Arnault earlier this week, I believe, on uh, Plus One. Very special and, guest. Yeah, very special guest. If you, uh, She'll join us again on Monday. If you are uh, invited to a party, not a wedding, but a party, and you call the host and say, hey, can I bring so-and-so, is that allowed or not? She said, absolutely not. She's never done that and never expected that it would happen to her because it hasn't happened to her. You and I would do that to each other, though, right? Like to ask the follow-up? Is it the okay? The follow-up, yeah. Like, hey, this this size, you're doing it at this venue or this home. Can I bring so-and-so? If it's a wedding, never. If it's anything else, yeah, I think it'd be okay. Okay. Uh, Davey Hudson joins us. There is a, a man in China, Davey, who is suing a date over plus ones, plural. Like, how many plus ones did she bring? Yeah, it's a good question, Hut and this man, we'll refer to him as Mr. Lee, went on a blind date. You know, it's one of those things you kind of get set up by a matchmaker, so you're excited. Yeah, on a date, you know, putting, like on you. A, putting on a nice shirt. Well, it's not, it's not a blind date if I can see the pictures beforehand. This, this is a little different. We, we can get enough. into that fair later. Enough, fair enough. Fair but anyway, Mr. Lee He's shows dabbling. up. I got it. He shows up at his date, and he's surprised when Miss Zhang happened to bring 23 relatives along with her. Oh, oh. on the date? On the date. It's on a date. Yeah, that's a yeah. That, that's a let me get a free meal for my entire extended family. Well, out of this guy, and it wasn't it's a family ju- reunion. Wasn't just the meal. They ended up racking up over twenty thousand won, which is equivalent to two thousand eight hundred five dollars and sixty cents, by ordering expensive drinks and cigarettes. It's like rookie hazing in the NFL <laughs> on Mr. Lee's tab. As you can imagine, he was not very happy with it and decided, you know what, I'm not going to pay for the entirety of it. But but suing her for everything, right? Everything he had to pay. Well, he has he, no he right. Clearly paid. He has no right to sue anyone. Just say no. He, like he didn't pay for the away. whole thing. He didn't pay for the whole thing. Okay. So you you can read the entire story up on Outkick, but Mr. Lee ended up covering four hundred won or five hundred sixty-two dollars, which is still too much of of that to do it. And he wanted her family to pay the rest. Uh, she didn't like that. This ended up going to like civil litigation for them to work this out. And I need further details though. Was he accept? Did he accept them in? And then like no, he, he got he's, so he's no, hang on, Jess. He got so drunk that then they raised the tab at the bar. No, like the, the table was away from the bar, right? You go and raise the tab there because this guy was carried out like look, Cleopatra she, in uh, Egypt. She put one over on him, but he is spineless. The moment this happens, you tell the date that I will pay for us too. But the fact you brought right. your entire family, their bill is on them. We can go to this restaurant where I have the reservation and hang out or whatever, but they're paying for themselves. I'm not paying for them. I'm telling the server. 23 they're on their relatives. Own. He was spineless to begin with, and it cost him. 23 relatives. The new 23 and me. Um, but what, <laughs> I, I what, what I don't get here well is, is there a cultural situation that could have occurred to where it's not uncommon to bring people i mean we can all say in any culture 23 is excessive no you don't bring 23 people on a date i don't think in any culture right now uh, maybe two different cultures are very much more family maybe oriented two are acceptable, but you don't and bring so, your entire you family on it. a first date if your date brings two people with them you tell us about it on monday 
Yes. That's the rule. These are the stories Not we want. Not 23. I yearn for these stories, 23, David. you're just one in Bring the crowd. Bring these stories to us next week, please. Headlines will be returning, including John Morant suspended for 25 games in the NBA. 